Hey folks, Honto here. If you've been following along with the podcast, we recently wrapped up October Scarefest 2017 with Christine and had ended the episode by announcing my next pick, which was a profile episode on Bruce Willis with a discussion of the 1991 action comedy film Hudson Hawk. We've had two episodes locked up in the vault since May, and we've been holding off on posting these due to our overall schedule and plans to release other episodes in preparation for the month of October. So before we get back to our regularly scheduled programming, we're going to have to get these out of the way first. So the first episode we're going to be posting is Chris's pick of The Departed with a profile on Leonardo DiCaprio. So get ready. It's time for a Welcome back to Cinema Cult. Uh, this week, I chose to profile Leo and DiCaprio. <laughs> was, that, uh, was it the House Bunny or whatever? The uh, House Bunny. Was it that Anna Ferris movie? Oh, no. I was, well, that was from Austin Powers, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Dr. Evil. Oh, okay. I've I never seen that movie, by the way. What are you guys you never seen Austin Powers? I am no. lost. All right, let's get started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's dive right in. <laughs> no, this week, uh, I chose to profile Leo, Di- Leo DiCaprio. And the movie I picked was Departed because I know that we all love this movie. Yes, this movie is on my top ten. I would say the same thing, I think. I can watch this movie whenever. I really can watch this movie whenever. And I watched it for this podcast. (laughs) Yep, this was the first movie that I illegally watched on YouTube. Oh, wow. Back when you The feds are coming for you already. Yeah, back when you'd be able to illegally watch movies on YouTube. But it's okay because Matt saw it in theaters and he bought two DVD copies. I did buy two DVD copies. And a Blu-ray? Yep, and a Blu-ray. Yeah, I think he more than made up. Dad for told it, so. me to always have two copies of Departed, like just in case, in case somebody borrows one. Then you got that backup. That's like watch. Mel Gibson from Conspiracy Theory. <laughs> yeah, there's always like, that one friend that's gonna keep Departed. You know, just yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> no, this movie is a remake, and I can't remember if I had seen the original or not. What's it's called uh, Infernal Affairs from Hong Kong. That's right. I've, I've seen the original. I. Saw it, I think, when Netflix first did their uh, their streaming or whatever. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. it's it's. It, I mean, it's a pretty decent movie. I like it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. It's, it's awesome. just hard because like, I watched it after watching Departed. And like Departed is just, man, it is an awesome, perfect movie. So it's just like... I think, yeah. It felt like at times that Infernal Affairs was a remake of Departed. I was <laughs> like, man, they're doing a really bad job with they're this They're doing movie. like the <laughs> Gus Van Sant version of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, correct me if I'm wrong, was but wasn't Internal Affairs Infernal? Infernal. I thought it was Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs time. is the Richard Gere one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, not anywhere close to Departed. I'm going to say it wrong again. Okay, so Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't Affairs a trilogy, and then Departed was like the sum of yeah. all the trilogies? Yes. I no, think it was well, just, yeah, I think there was like Infernal's, Infernal 1, you know, 2, 3, I think, right? Yeah, but, it wasn't the, like but a, it's the first one that's just the basis for Departed, I think. Yeah. Wait, wait how, what were the titles? Well, no, because... Before, what were the titles? No, okay, no I'll prove you wrong, because sometimes you got like the Revenge Trilogy, which is like Mr., uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, uh, Lady... Old Boy, and then uh, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, yeah. or just Lady Vengeance. That's true. So, gotcha. I don't know what you were trying to get me at. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to make fun of me for saying, oh, it's Internal Affairs, or Infernal Affairs 1... Two and three. You're like, in, in, I, think you're like I think there's Internal Affairs one, <laughs> Internal Affairs two, and then um, like three. And like, stop! I got this. <laughs> Internal Affairs three. It's four. It's four. <laughs> After two. Every time I watch this movie, I forget who's all in it, and every time they pop up on the screen, I'm like, man, this is an amazing cast, and I, I don't think anybody does a bad job in this. I think Nicholson overacts. But it's perfect for the movie. Yeah, apparently brought yeah. a lot of his own stuff to this this movie. Like, as far as like, like Batman, you know, after reading that that thing about Batman about him at, improving a lot of those lines, yeah, and how a lot of those lines don't make any sense, I was listening to the dialogue this time in this movie, and I was like, there are lines in this one too it's, that makes no. It's fucking the ramblings sense. of an old senile man. <laughs> well, there's one point he's yelling at a guy. Um, for burying a body wrong. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, stop laughing. Exactly. He's like, this isn't reality TV. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? I'm like, that makes no sense in whatever context. But when he says that line to that guy about it, I mean, it's yeah. awesome because he like kind of like, laughs and then stops laughing. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's such a great delivery. 
Um, but yeah, his lines are like insane. Like his facial like expressions, like he totally is out there, and it's perfect. I think, yeah. it, I think it works because like even in the movie, like to the plot or whatever. Yeah. Even like Leonardo, uh, like Billy Costian, he's like saying he's going crazy, like he's losing his shit. Yeah, and you can tell. And it comes off he's that probably way. losing his shit on the set <laughs> I, too. He was actually just stating a, like a real fact, and they like just keep the cameras rolling. Well, he was doing was... he's doing a documentary uh, for the movie, and they were like, "Are you talking about the character?" I'm like. What? What? what yeah, the character. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there, here's a bit of trivia. Okay, so when this movie first came out, uh, there was an interview with Rolling Stone with Jack Nicholson. And he talked about how he got to kind of take over a little bit on the movie. And he uh, made up a scene with a... Th- it's a three-way scene. Oh, yeah. Between him, his... Um, he was like Gwen, his wife. Yeah. His wife and a uh, prostitute. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did this scene, and he's like, you know, at one point there's a there's a, a black dildo in the scene too. Yep, I read about this. Okay, <laughs> so he and he was like boasting. He's like, yeah, I got to direct the scene. He's like, I got to do all the shots. Now, what only remains of this scene that's at in the actual movie is the coke thing. Is the coke thing? Yeah, the part where he throws the coke. Yeah, it's just, and it's like that's it. That's yeah. all you see of it. And then that 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 dildo pops up later on in, in the, the movie the theater. Porno theater. Yeah, yeah and that yeah. was supposed to be like callback. To that scene, such, yeah. I don't know where this scene's at, <laughs> and I was, and it wasn't on the DVD or release. But I remember You're really him, looking for it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I remember him in the interview talking about how awesome it was. He's like, yeah, I got to direct my own scene. He's like, he's maybe like, that was it. Maybe that was supposed to be like that. No, I, I think it was supposed to be like forever long or something like that. It was something. It was a weird time frame where it was yeah. like. It was like the length of the movie. He's like, yeah, it's a two-hour and 30-minute scene. So in this scene, I'm going to wear the dildo again. And... <laughs> no! What, um, was this his last movie? No. Mm-mm. Because I, I know he retired movie. He retired shortly after this. I know that. He's, he's, not, not, he's not retired, is he? Yeah, he's retired. Did you ever hear why he retired? He's got dementia, doesn't he? Apparently, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's dementia, but I know he's having trouble, like, memorizing lines from screenplays. Welcome to Cinema Cult where we don't really know things, but they well, might rumored. be... Re- That's yeah, one of those things where it's rumored we don't know, like... The rumor was that he couldn't remember lines anymore from scripts and he was having trouble, like, reciting scenes. So, which is kind of a depressing end. Maybe that's why he was improving so many lines. He had, it's uh, kind of sadder than Sean Connery just quitting. Or, uh, or, um... Oh my God! I can't remember his Rick name. Moranis? No. Well, that's I thought you were that's actually that. that's actually a legit story. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Gene Hackman. He what did. Uh, he did. Welcome to Welcome to Mooseport with uh, what's his name? Ray Romano. Yeah, Ray, Ray Romano. And then just like, all right, guys, bye. He did. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, that was his last movie. And then just, I heard he's like a terror on the set. Is he really? That's what I heard. I love Gene Hackman. I heard he's like, and he's big too. So he's like, like big, big. He's like big. <laughs> He's a big boy. Uh, but then Jack- again, Hollywood rumors. We don't know if it's true or yeah, not. Yeah, this is our tabloid uh, corner, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the year after Departed, he did The Bucket List with Morgan Freeman. That's right. Oh, okay. And then in 2010, he did a movie called How Do You Know? I've never heard of it. With Paul Rudd, Reese Witherspoon, and Owen Wilson. Direct to DVD. <laughs> yeah. Probably. That's a pretty big cast, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And then that was it. And it falls off. After That's that. it. Yeah. So. That's it. Interesting. Um, as far as other people in the cast, we got uh, Matt Damon, who Matt Damon's perfect in this. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Uh, then we got Alec Baldwin, who's Alec Baldwin does really good for what he has, but it's weird because I feel like he's like only in certain spots when there's like they need the like uh, comedic or comedic like levity, I guess, yeah. for yeah. scenes. You know, because he, he really like. Him and uh, Mark Whopper really clash together pretty well in this. They do. And I think is even though I picked this as a Leo movie to profile, I think Mark Wahlberg might be my favorite part of this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the only one that got a nomination, I think. Yeah, he did. Uh, the reason why, because Leo was going to get nominated for this, but uh, WB didn't want to do, or Warner Brothers who put out the movie. Yeah. They apparently didn't want to play, like, favoritism okay. between the three, le- the three leads, which is Matt Damon... Leo and Jack Nicholson. Okay. So instead, they uh, threw out the nomination for Blood Diamond, which was the same year as Departed. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and he got okay. nominated for Best Actor in Blood Diamond. What year is this movie? Is it 2006? Six, yeah. Okay, so, I thought... okay, so a couple things about Wahlberg. Wahlberg, here's your here's your uh, your back page Hollywood rumors, <laughs> rumors, rumors. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be a terror on the set. Oh, everyone's movie. a terror to you. Yeah. 
No, well, I've heard that like he would like uh, uh, be marched around set, being pissed why they weren't filming yet, and he would go to Scorsese's trailer and be knocking on his trailer, like, "Come on, get out of here! I want to make this movie," <laughs> like stuff like that. So it's not like, a mistake. <laughs> you're sitting in your trailer, I'm ready to film, and you're not here. <laughs> I know. I can only imagine he's in character, like he's just Mark Wahlberg, like. Give me a crystal Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't notice this, but um, his brother's in the movie. What, is the Donnie? F- he's the FBI agent. Wait, who are you talking That's about? That's his older brother. Donnie? No, it's not Donnie. Uh, There's other Wahlberg besides uh, Donnie. Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Is it Ronnie? Yeah, I think so. Ronnie okay, Wahlberg. But the other Ronnie Wal- Wahlberg. The other... <laughs> the other Wal- well, there's another Wahlberg, and he's the FBI agent. Which... Oh, no, it, his brother... It's, um... His, I'm trying to think of his brother's name. William. William Baldwin. That's, oh, wait. Geez. Are you thinking... You're no. Uh, <laughs> that, oh. <laughs> they they would have done that, like, just tricked everybody up. Like, they kept switching out brothers of, like, the famous actors in the movie. Dude, like, that has to be a movie on. where they just keep switching the characters with famous <laughs> brothers. I would totally watch that. But uh, another fun fact about Mark Wahlberg, he was not supposed to be in this. Uh, his role was written for Dennis Leary. Oh, wow. Which, every time I watch it now, you can totally, like... Just, that's like Dennis Leary's like just cigarette in his mouth at all times. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just that 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 comes off like Dennis Leary now yeah. that I look at it. Sure, that sucks because this movie would have made this movie made Mark Wahlberg's career. I feel like I think like, it made I think it. Like, I, think, uh, I think Marky Mark, Mark, the Funky Bunch, Funky Bunch really made his <laughs> but career. But Leary would have made would have been uh, really huge. Well, Leary was in the <clears> middle of he couldn't do it because he was doing Rescue Me. I haven't talked about that in a while. But then Ooh. there's also a rumor that uh, and this might be is an IMD. IMDb fact. Yeah. And we all know this fa- all, we all know oh, these yeah. facts. No, are the bullshit. most were real. You're you're okay. the one who no, that. They're Ray, IMDb Ray, tell, or tall tales. That Ray Liotta <laughs> was gonna be Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true or not because he said I could that, see it. Well he said he's like he was obligated to make another movie. And I was like, Really? I was yeah. like Ray Liotta backed out on another he was doing, uh, movie. He was doing No Escape Two. The, the sequel. <laughs> you seem scared. He did. He said, <laughs> no Escape Two. I wanted to hear this. I wanted to hear me make a lie. It was a, it was a no, no Escape Two, but it was like um, to escape, like in the title. <laughs> too hot to handle. Too, too cold, cold to, to escape. escape. <laughs> His brother. His name is Robert Wahlberg. Who is Robert Wahlberg? Um, Mark Wahlberg's brother. Mark Wahlberg's oh, brother. Was he also on the Wahlbergers? Probably because you got. Oh, I don't know. You got Robbie, Donnie, Marky. And uh, Barky, that's the dog, right? Great joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best ones you've ever made. Uh, yes. Judge us on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I win. Please rate and review us on any... <laughs> Please rate and review my jokes on iTunes. <laughs> um, Martin Sheen does a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to That'd be think. awesome if they had Martin Sheen's brother on here, too. I feel like this movie kind of made... I was going to say Charlie Sheen? Charlie no, Sheen? that's his son. <laughs> I know. Who's Martin Sheen's brother? Uh, what is it? Joe Estevez. Who's that? That's his brother. Yeah, I got that, but who is he? <laughs> He's in a lot of shitty movies. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, and looks exactly like Martin Sheen, Really which is great. Yeah. It's like a family tree podcast. Mm-hmm. I love this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish the department was like a family tree movie. Like, yeah. Great. No, we got Anthony Anderson. Yeah. Uh, who's who's uh, Anthony Anderson's role? brother in this movie? Um, <laughs> Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Ray Winston. This movie kind of oh, made man. Ray Winston's Dude, Ray too. Winston is awesome. I wish he was yeah. in Better Things. He well, he started to do a lot more movies. A lot of the actors that are attached to these this movie made more movies after this movie, like made yeah. more American. Well, yeah, because it's ten years ago, so of course they're gonna make more. movies. Because I think Ray Winston was only like I can only think of what before this Sexy Beast, and I was like Sexy Beast was before I think it was in either ninety nine or early two thousands. Yeah, and then Indiana. I think he followed it up with Indiana Jones Kingdom. Yep, and then was in Forty Four Inch Chest with John Hurt. Shortly after, so he did, but he ended up doing like, and it was in uh, Edge of Darkness, which he was like kind of the best part of Edge of Darkness. He's well, he's in Beowulf, yeah, where he's the main character. He was in that uh, that Burgess movie, um, no, in Bruges, yeah, no, that's um, what's his name from uh, Harry Potter, no, Brave, uh, yeah, he actually is, is he okay, Mad Mad Eye Moody? I, I think, okay, I haven't, okay, I know. It's the guy with the crazy eye, the professor, and then he's in Braveheart as William Wallace's buddy. I'm following You've you. never seen Braveheart, right? But I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Three years later, he hasn't seen Braveheart. And then I do want to talk about, um, I'm going to say her name wrong, Vera... Farmiga? Farmiga? Yeah. Farmiga? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's Farmiga. awesome in this too. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I haven't seen her in much. She's in I Bates wanna, Motel. I want to watch Bates Motel. Oh, yeah, duh. It's pretty good. Why well, I, I always remember her from um, Running Scared. Yeah, yeah, oh, which, yep. yeah. Which that was my first movie I saw her in. 
And then yeah, her sister, or, yeah, her sister. Seriously? She's not in Departed, but uh, Tessa Farmiga, she's in uh, Coven, American Horror Story, is the main character. Wait, American Horror Story? Oh, I did, that's the only one I haven't watched. Oh, really? I haven't watched yeah. that season. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, as far as the movie, well, I did, and of course, we got Leo, who Leo is awesome. I, he does carry this movie, and this I feel like... This might be my favorite movie of his. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think he's awesome, because you feel... The so dread. Ba- you, yeah, you just everything he's going through, you feel so bad for there's him. There's so much he, he. There's so much angst with his character, and he plays it very well. I think yeah, that's kind of what he was going for in the, yeah. the acting style. Is that just a constant panic, like a hundred, like all the time he's just having a panic attack. So, so all. So here's another fun fact. Please, this movie came out in oh six oh seven. That was my senior year of high school, Ooh. and I was obsessed with this movie. So I dressed like Leonardo DiCaprio this your, from this uh, movie the whole year. So all pictures from me my senior year of high school dude, you totally are me, did. Are me white, dressed like Leonardo DiCaprio white, white from sneakers the and everything? Yeah. Nice. Was like, this like your Boondock Saints? No, like, I didn't see... Oh, I, I don't like that movie. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> I don't get the fascination with that movie. I'll watch it again, but I, I remember watching that movie when I was a kid. Well, yeah. I, I had a buddy that introduced me to that movie. Well, maybe and, we should do it for the podcast because I don't think any of us like it, right? I liked it like my first viewing, and every yeah. like subsequent viewing after that, which is like this movie fucking sucks. Yeah, not good. I don't know. Maybe I, I might rewatch I think, it. I, I think part of the reason it was, it was too goofy. But I, was I think like, part of the reason why is the director is a total a hole. Really? Yeah. There's a documentary about his rise and immediate fall. Oh, I've heard about. That. Yeah. Is this a guy who yeah. did Donnie Darko? No, no, that's Richard Kelly. It's like something Troy Duffy. Okay. The only movies he's directed are Boondock Saints one. In Boondock Saints 2. Is that the guy who was why, like... Why don't you just he, say both the Boondock Saints? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the guy who said that he was going to be like the best director? He's like the time? next Quentin Tarantino. Oh. And then no one's heard from him since. He's supposed to be like... <laughs> he was supposed to be a terror on the set? Terror on yeah, the set? Yeah, I love this like new new thing you got going. Yeah, it's called... It's Terror on the Set Corner. Yeah. Terror at... You don't have to say corner. Yeah. You, you say uh, Terror on the... Uh, Terror on the one, you know, terror, terror, uh, terror. Uh, welcome to was that the Return to Terror Tower from the Goosebumps? That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, these are get these flowing guys. These are really good. Let's get them out now. Um, was it terror? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, there are a few things I do not like about this movie. Oh, okay, what? ooh, good. It's a good way to start the movie off by uh, talking about what we don't like about it. Well, no, I want to like balance. I'm going to bring up some so, stuff too. I guess this is my favorite movie, but I just don't like the, a lot of this movie. <laughs> No, um, some of the music editing kind of bothers me. Yeah. Because it will just stop abruptly, and I feel like it takes me out of the movie, and I'm like, huh? And then it might go right back into the music. It's just very... I don't think it's, it's horrible, but actually it's made, just actually different. Made, I actually made a comment about it. The editing is really fast. That's like why fast I paced. love this That's movie. why I think I like it, too. I was talking to uh, Chris about this earlier because he was watching it and I was watching it for a second time for this podcast with him. Oh my god. And um, the the editing works so well on this movie. It's like one of the best edited movies like yeah. I've ever seen. And it works so well because there would be like scenes that are happening. It's like jarring kind but of. But they're like they're like they're, there's two scenes that are happening and they um, interconnect the editing and so it goes real fast but they don't have anything to really do with each other. And they're just saying, like, here's a Matt Damon scene, here's the Leo scene, mm. and we're going to cut back and forth between them. And it gets that pace so fast yeah. that it's like that, that two hours and a half go by. If so it does fly by. This yeah. is a very quick movie. It's like movie. legit two and a half hours, right? It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it goes by so quick. And it's an, uh, it just that's makes it, it such a great view. And I think that's why I'm able to watch it as much as I'm able to. You know, like, I can just watch it whenever. Because I yeah. think like the flow of the movie is so well paced. But I will knock on the movie one time. Like I said, I think this movie is a perfect movie. Dark, I like the yeah. I like the screenplay for it. But if you watch this movie the first time, some of the dialogue is very thick, and you have to kind of break down actually, what they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the I mean, you mean like this, accents. Well, not accents. Like certain lines no, in the movie are very. Thick. There's like stuff I was watching just recently where I'm like, oh my god, I did not make connections to certain plot points of this movie. Yeah, like, okay, so for instance, they talk, and a lot of people thought they were holes, but no, they actually, they explain them. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, they talk about Costello being an FBI informant. Mm-hmm. That I did not understand. Okay, so it, I did not understand it until this viewing. I was like, okay, he's just selling out people that it's in his crew. Yeah. And it's, no, he's selling out, um, he's doing deals 
with foreign companies and he's selling out those companies. So like yeah. when the Chinese come in yeah. and he sells them those microprocessors, yeah. Yeah. he's selling them out to the FBI. That, cause in the, so that way the in, FBI can protect like global bigger things from happening. Because the microchips, are, I think, are for, like, missiles, right? Yeah, but he gave them, like, uh, light sockets is what yeah. he says. See, that's that's actually a specific line that I noticed this time where he's meeting with Queenan, which is Martin Sheen. Yeah. And he, like, mentions how he's like, I heard the news that the Chinese, or, you know, the FBI nabbed some Chinese at the border. Yeah. I didn't realize that, like, the Chinese, he made oh, a man, deal with he's, he's They got arrested. Yeah, he so got, that's why he's an FBI informant. And the FBI they won't, like, sets up situations so he won't get caught, so he can make bigger deals with foreign companies against terrorism so they can catch the terrorists over like small time yeah, city crime irish mobster or whatever yeah you know. that just blew my mind so it's kind yeah. of cooler knowing that and you're like okay that makes a lot of sense so but the problem is with that is like, it takes like viewings up until like, yeah because yeah. if you watch it the first time you think it's because he's selling out people in his crew that's like, yeah it's, that's and that's what, what matt damon gets worried about and i'm like i watched it the first time i was like why would he sell out people in his crew i'm like that's really weird yeah but no, it's that's why that Chinese deal scene, which makes this movie even more awesome. Yes, it really does. So that's, that's what I mean by like some of the dialogue takes a couple of like viewings to like really kind of understand what they're talking about. Yeah. Was that? <laughs> and okay? that's my only beef with no, this perfect actually, movie. No, I actually made like a lot of notes. Like, lot, like you really have to the the dialogue so snappy. You almost have to like really pay. Like I had to rewind a couple of times to like in, like make sure I knew what they were saying. Yeah. Cause it's so fast. And by the time it's like, you're already on to the next scene. Pretty much. But yeah, like that line about the, the Chinese, like I'd never caught that until now. And I've seen this movie probably like upwards of like 15 times. Yes. And we're, we're almost like professional critics, which <laughs> makes it even more embarrassing. We're like, <laughs> well, okay. One well, no, time... that was, that, but that's what I read though. Like when I remember reading reviews from this movie first came out and a lot of people were like, it's really good, but there's a lot of plot holes. Uh, I don't understand why no, Costello's an FBI informant. I remember that being a big one. It happens, nobody understood that. It happened so many times with like other stuff where like they just mentioned like a couple words and it's like pertinent to like plot points that happened earlier on in the movie. Yeah, That's like insane. there's one part where they're going after uh, Billy, and it's like right before he's about to meet with Queenan, and Queenan dies off the yeah. building, and they set up Billy with false information about a deal. And they're gonna. They're hoping that if he says it to um, the police, that they're gonna know it's Billy that gave out the information. And they say this really quick. They're like, "Hey, we told. Like, did you hear? They, Jack Nicholson's talking on the phone with Matt Damon. He says, did you hear about uh, this happening? And this is where it's gonna happen.' And Matt Damon's like, "No. He's like, I would have heard that when it came out on my end. He's like, yeah. all right, so it's not Billy then. Yeah. And they say it right before Queen Anne's about to die. And it's a really, really fast scene. Yeah. So therefore, having that scene sums up why when Billy's late to the, um, the like killing him. of Queen Anne, mm-hmm. yeah. like that's why they don't think it's him because they just out. proved that it wasn't him. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, he happens to be there on accident. Well, not on accident. Well, there's just one it guy. It was just like a leap of faith that he happened to be there. Yeah. No, there's oh, one. Not, not like a leap of faith. I'm sorry. It's no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right, review my jokes, please. <laughs> no, I feel like, not like a leap of faith, but like he happens to be there and it all kind of falls in place. Like, yeah, we told you to be here. And he's like, well, I'm here. And it's like, it all kind of like falls in. But there's one guy in the, in the crew that gives him a false address. Yeah. Yeah. But not on purpose. No, he does. No, it wasn't on purpose. Oh, was it? No, he was like, he's like, I accidentally gave you the wrong. Yeah. That's an accident. Oh, okay. And like, but that's, he's a cop. Yeah. But I don't think he was. This time, this time watching it. No, no, this time watching it. Cause Jack Nicholson goes, he wasn't a cop. They want us to think that he was and a cop, so I would stop searching for the rat. It's either yeah, like, I know, but he also says to him though. This guy says to Leo before he dies, he's like, "Tell me why I didn't tell anybody that it's you." Like he says that because that's it's like, true too. Yeah, he's basically saying I'm a cop too. I think, I think like, Scorsese in either commentary or deleted scene has stated that it's not supposed to be known whether or not he was a cop or not. I think yeah. I think he was, but that like line, Billy, they, they talk about another character, Billy Bags, which is the guy. He, yeah, that's another. Punch, he punch, that's another line right there. He punches the teeth out of. Yeah, it's Jimmy like, Bags. What are you doing? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Bags is uh, another. Fuck my fucking F- teeth He's out. another cop um, informant. Yeah, like and Mark Wahlberg says that when he meets up to him on, when they're under that bridge, and yeah. he's like, "You knocked out uh, 
Yeah. And he's like bags teeth. He's like, oh, he's yeah, a cop yeah. Informant. When he pulls out yeah, a yeah. cigarette. So it's, like, and... it's like another line that I didn't notice until today. Like... The one informant I'm not sure I understand, though, is the very last guy, the guy that goes to school with Matt Damon. Mm. And... Anthony Anderson? No, oh, no, 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 the guy that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, James so. Bashdale, is say, when they're, in their last meeting, how does he know where to show up at? Because Anthony Anderson gets called by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So how does this guy know where to show up? Or maybe at? Anthony Anderson just brought him with him. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. he didn't bring him with him because um, Anthony Anderson like comes alone because he tells him he's like you should. I told you to bring uh, Delahun or not uh, um, Dingham. Dingham. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I don't really. I haven't quite figured out unless, why he's like, there unless he was like a closer uh, informant to. Uh, well, it doesn't even make sense either. I know. I want to watch it now to see if he knows something because he's always in the background. I want to know if like he knows more than. Like he presents because he is an he's an informant for or just Costello. he was just following uh, Colin or something or Matt Damon. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of cool. He's always okay. like in scenes where stuff is about to happen or go yeah. down. He's always like around when Matt Damon's about to do something. So okay, so there. Okay, I gotta bring this up too. Is this another Matt's trivia? This is a Matt Damon. This is my Matt Damon theory. This movie. My Matt. So, Matt Damon fan club. My theory? Matt Damon fan club theory. <laughs> Is Matt Damon's character get... adorable? <laughs> is, is Matt Damon's character? Does my trapper keeper oh, lie? Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, go ahead and ask your question. Go ahead. Is Matt Damon gay in this movie? No, no, I don't think so. I think he is. Oh wow! And I think he's closeting it because, like, okay, one of the themes with Billy is that he pretends to be somebody he's not, and he pretends to be like. And um, Wahlberg calls him out immediately. Exactly. He, he's trying to pretend to be a cop, and he's like, you're not a cop, you're a criminal. You're a criminal trying to like pretend to be a yeah. cop. Because like, he's like, you know where, the, yeah, you know where you're coming from. Uncle Jackie is his, like in crime, and his like, parents were in crime? Or yeah. yeah. His, and, uh, so, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, hold on. Leo's? Wait, you're saying Leo or Matt Damon? So, no, I'm saying one of the themes with, Matt, with Leonardo DiCaprio's character yeah. is... That he's pretending to be somebody he's uh, not. Okay, okay. But with Matt Damon, like other than you know being a criminal and a cop, and same with Matt Damon, yeah. other than being a criminal cop, like Matt Damon, I think in this movie is his character is trying to be like straight laced, but he's not. I think he's actually he's a he's like he's like born a criminal. He's gonna be a criminal, but he's a closet homosexual. Oh, and he's trying to keep that from people, and that's why he's like overtly like straight, where he's like whistling at the girl walking down the hallway. He's like hitting on every girl that comes down his path. Yeah, but um, there's like there are a couple of lines I can think of. Like there's one throwaway line where um, what's the the main girl's name? Um, well, like in real life, it doesn't. Uh, matter. Vera, oh, Vera. Vera. Yeah. Um, she goes over to him and he's like upset and she's like, it's okay. She's like, it happens to most guys. And yeah. It's, it's not really a big deal. So he, has like he, was a, just like, he has like an impotence moment, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But then there's also another scene where he's like sitting very uncomfortably in that, uh, porno theater and he's kind of like, he's got like this kind of like look of like disgust as he's like watching it. Huh. Yeah. And then, um, that there's like that scene you were talking about. Uh, there's a scene where a character, uh, calls him out as almost kind of like, you know, like when he goes to buy the apartment. Yeah. He goes, he's like, uh, co signer or whatever. Like, yeah. He's like, you have, um, he's like, so this is a pretty big apartment. And, uh, basically saying, like, do you have, like, a, do you have a wife? And he's like, no. The co like, He's like, oh, he's like, oh, so you have, like, a, like, a, like a co signer. Like, basically asking him, like, if he has a partner. Like, Matt yeah. Damon gets offended by yeah, this. Gets and he looks at him. And he's like, he's like, no. He's like, I have a co signer. Oh. Like, oh. He's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool, too. And I always like, just thought the guy was being a total dick. No, he's like kind of like I feel like he's kind of like goose stepping around it, like yeah. trying to not trying him. to outright say. Yeah. Well, if we're gonna play off this theory, there's a scene where um, Alec Baldwin's at the shooting range or not shooting range, golf, um, golf, yeah, like uh, driving range, driving range, and he makes some like kind of thing like um, about I, being married. Well, no, it was something about like you still pounding it away or something like that. And, yeah, it's and the really way Matt, awkward. And Matt Damon answers like really awkward. He's like, yeah, he's like. He's like all yeah. the time. He makes a dick comment. He's oh, like, yeah. he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, you still pounding away. He's like, yeah, he's like, it's working on overtime. Like, <laughs> and you can tell, like, and Alec really Baldwin gives like this really weird, like, good for you. Yeah, like it's very, it's just a very weird. Yeah, and everybody. Then he talks about being married. He's like being, he's like being married to somebody who's great. He's like, it lets everybody know that you're not gay and. Okay. Like, so there's okay. a lot of yeah. like there's a lot of like gay themes going on, and I don't. But think I don't know if there. I don't know if we're looking too much into it. I, I think it's just, here's, I'm not okay, it, but it's not just me. There's a lot of people on the internet that have Matt, Matt's seen this before. This has popped up before. Matt's fan. Club. No, no, this Matt's is fan club. no, this yeah, 
this was my theory, and I was looking it up on the internet. I was and it's like, everywhere. <laughs> I was like, okay, does anybody else have the same like theory? And there's a couple people that do have the same theory. Oh, weird. Yeah. The I website, never... the website that you wrote your theory on. If you scroll to the very bottom, does it still have one of those counters that shows <laughs> how many people have visited the website? Do you remember this? Yeah, like, like oh, man, only two. Was it the angelfire.com? <laughs> you know what's weird is when you go on websites now and you find one of those rare websites that still exists. Oh, yeah. And they had, like, 962, like, views. You know, since, like, whatever, yeah, the like... the beginning of its... Yeah, since the birth the of its... <laughs> since, like, Netscape. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> you're like, oh, my gosh. Wow, that's a lot of uh, more than us <laughs> with our <laughs> with our listeners. I do want to talk about the uh, soundtrack. Oh yeah, oh, I think it's a very good soundtrack. Awesome. Howard Shore does the score. Yep, the score is very good. Um, the iconic the uh, uh, Dropkick you... Murphy song. Oh, you're you're thinking more of like the bands. And well, stuff. just all together, all together. I say they designed the uh, the score more like a like almost like a it's a tango. Because it's like kind of like the the cat and mouse uh, to play off the cat and mouse feel. Yeah, of the totally, movie. I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I have for that. Okay. <laughs> oh, cool, thanks. Man. Well, okay. So this soundtrack though was kind of cool because I feel like Dropkick Murphys got big off. It's a bunch of like Irish like kind of bands, right? I think it's the it's, only it's Irish. Band. Yeah. It might be the only Irish band mm-hmm. on. I wouldn't it, say but... Dropkick got big off of it, but it definitely boosted their fan base yeah i think so because like who was the wrestler that had it as their or ufc fighter that had it as oh, their no opening idea. song is that not sure. mcgregor or somebody did but you, it was you it got, i remember it got really yeah. big after that um but then also kind of i started thinking about like okay so all it takes is like one big song like this on a soundtrack like a, a filled with various artists for somebody to buy that soundtrack and be like i just want that song and then they play all those other songs and all those other bands become big so i kind of get like why they do it with like Scream One and Two, and they have like the one big song, Cottonmouth and they're like, Kings. Yeah. Kings. <laughs> there's various, you know, like artist soundtracks, and it's like we get one big song on here. Everybody will listen to all these sound, these songs, and and that's what you get with your Iris Goo Goo Dolls on City of Angels yep. soundtrack. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. And you get with your um, uh, your your R. Kelly's on Space Jam. Sure. Because okay, so um, there's the Bad Finger song on here, um, Baby Blue, and I think it's in the scene when he goes to. That druggie's house, and he shoots him in the knee. Oh yeah, they're playing Baby Blue, and that was on the oh, soundtrack. Okay. And I haven't heard that song since I saw like the first time I ever heard that song. I saw this movie. Okay, and that song was used uh, again at the very end of Breaking Bad, like the last scene. That's weird. Yeah. I did not catch that. In so this I mean, movie. it's an older song, yeah. but I'm saying like when you get those songs that are on like popular soundtracks that influence other, other songs that would be on something else. Sure. Yeah. You okay. know, even if it is older or brand new. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Cottonmouth Kings on the Scream 2 soundtrack. Uh, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you got it. I say, I think that actually with Guardians of the Galaxy, they kind of did the same thing where they picked up a lot of like, just one, almost like, not one-hit wonders, but it's like, you've always heard that song. Yeah. And well, that actually like, might oh. be, well, that's actually kind of a very clever case of doing a soundtrack because I don't want to say every single one of them, but those are like really big hits. Yeah. So like, you, yeah, if you find one person that's like, oh, I like two of those songs, or at least, you know, you know two of them, then you know the whole soundtrack. Sure. And Well, you know, and that was, what's the song at the beginning of, um, or at the end of Reservoir Dogs? Oh. Um, at the end? Yeah, at the end of it. They use that song for I can't uh, remember. Guardians of the Galaxy, the trailer. The Uga Chaka? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, there's it? a song right there that like... I don't think anybody really heard like you mean hooked on a feeling. Uga Chaka, Uga Chaka, yeah. But nobody they, they ever has all version. Uga Chaka by Chaka. Nobody Kong. ever listened to like hooked on a feeling up until like Reservoir Dogs, and then Ally, no, I, I learned about it in Ally McBeal. Yeah, back in the nineties. And there you go. Yes. And it pops up on Ally McBeal, Dancing and then Baby. it pops up on Guardians of yep. the Galaxy. Yeah, little known song, and then what was big in the seventies? Was it though? I think so. I haven't heard that song. Like I only ever hear that song in movies. You don't ever hear it in the seventies? Yeah, I don't remember hearing it in the seventies. I've only heard it in. I graduated uh, in 06, 07, but I don't remember hearing it in the seventies. <laughs> okay, so in repeat viewing too, um, I didn't realize this, but Vera Faminga is the one that sets the hit out on Matt Damon at the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, I figured that was. I what? did not realize that. Till this viewing, and I was like, okay, there's a scene where Leo goes up to she writes to her with a letter, and he, and he says, says, if anything happens to me, open this up. Yeah. And I'm assuming that because this little piece, because it doesn't come back anywhere. He's like, Dingham's the only one who knows who I am. Yeah. And Sullivan is the guy that's like behind everything. Yeah, so she... So, so like, she doesn't really hire a hit. She just goes up to Mark Wahlberg and says, look, here it is. So she's not really hiring a hit on him. That, But like, she's... 
may, I don't know if she's like, yeah, she's not going to say hiring a hit, but she's responsible for Matt Damon getting killed. Yes, I agree with that. And it's because she releases that letter. Because when she hears like the audio tapes, that doesn't really count. She wasn't supposed to hear that. Yeah, it was an accident. Because that was, was an, an accident. accident. Yeah, because it was sent to Colin, not her. It was uh, that Lou Bega mixtape that she saw, yeah, right? Sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> she, she saw she saw Costigan's name in the corner, and she's like, "Oh, this must be that Lou Bega mixtape." Wait, so who they've been waiting in the mail for? <laughs> so who is the CD supposed to go to? To Colin. Which one's Colin? Colin Matt is Matt Damon. It was Colin, supposed to go to him, Colin and Sullivan. when she was going oh, through the mail, oh. she saw it was okay. from him, from, from uh, Leo, from Leo, okay. and that's why she was like, "What the hell?" And then that's why she opened it up. Because at that point, neither one of them knows the connection between any of them. Because yeah. it wasn't until she listened to the tape where she realized all the dirt that he's behind, yeah. basically. Yeah. I think Leo would have had a better idea, or it would have been a better scene had the CD started, and you heard <laughs> um, the two characters talking, and then Leo did a narration on top of it. Like, yeah, I got you now. This is all in evidence, but in the background, you can, like, and everything just blurred together, and you couldn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this evidence proves nothing. <laughs> okay, I, are we all on the same page when we say it's definitely Leo's baby? Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't okay. think so. I think so. I think so. I think because she almost tells him when. But what's the time gap here? I, well, she goes, "I want to tell you something." He goes, "Nope." You know what? In two weeks, if I'm still around, he's like, "I want you to think about." But they She was going to tell him that she's pregnant. Oh, you think? Yes, I think it's. But they, because, were, they were broken up. Because that also explains... Oh, okay. Good call. The, I didn't know. The, See, that, there we that go. That demon is having trouble having sex yeah. with her. So it doesn't sound like they're having sex at all. And that even even proves more because it was Leo's baby. Yeah. So There you go. And that she was pushing him away, I guess, just in case. Yeah. Now, I okay, was, I thought that the first time I watched this... Yeah. But now that you brought that up with her, in the, it was that same scene with her in the hallway with the yellow envelope. When she's, he's like, if you, if you have anything to say, yeah. anything to say in two yeah. weeks, that's totally like that could be proof right there. See, repeat viewings. There's so many things in each scene. I feel like in this movie that like you could rewatch it like over and over. Where you're like, does this mean something? Does this mean something? Yeah. Well, like, speaking of repeat viewings, will you watch this movie this, again? Like I think I've there's a commentary this... too yeah. on like the U.S. government in this. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, if you really want to get thick with it, sure. Well, and, I guess like, like Patriot Act or whatever, like surveillance. I guess. Yeah, there's, I didn't really know. I didn't notice this. There's a uh, there's a Twin Towers model on uh, Martin Sheen's desk. Okay. Oh. Huh. And I always thought that. I just noticed that this time, and I was like, that's kind of random to have that. And I wonder if there's like the whole terrorist like kind of. Uh, subplot or whatever with yeah so with there's the, something maybe there's another like meaning going on and there's a line in here where um frenchie says uh, it's a nation full of rats okay and it's like what's that like i feel like that's like there's there's like a there's some meaning in there and i mean i don't want to like break it down because i'm gonna break it down in the right now just off the top of my head is gonna be in the worst way but i know there's some kind of meaning going on there's some kind of okay there's some kind inner, of there's some yeah. message about uh, like domestic terrorism, or or maybe just like the relay of information oh, or something sure. like okay. that, or the passing of information, and everybody kind of the the game of like operator, like passing along information gets yeah. distorted over time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I was gonna say with um with repeat viewings, I've seen this movie maybe five times. I've seen a bunch, yeah. And I still get shocked every time Leo gets Dude, shot. Dude, every single time. Every oh, man. time. Every single time. And every time it's about to happen, I'm like, this is it. It's going to happen. And he gets shot in the head, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, like, I think I always, yeah. I always play like the scenario. It's like, oh, he's going to get away right here. <laughs> he just always turn off before that scene happens. Yeah. Like, yep. I never got seen got him. i never seen the ending of this movie. <laughs> Don't want to. Um, Overall, would you say this is one of Leo's better movies? This one is the movie I liked. Okay, I like Gangs of New York, but that's well, actually like... let's get through top three real quick. Sure. Okay. Want to go, um, Matt? Why don't you start us off? Top right. three Leo movies. Okay, starting from three to one, I would say Inception would be my third one. Okay. Uh, my second one would be Django. Okay. Just oh, wow. based on yeah. his performance, because it's him as a bad guy, and I thought that was a really cool like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a chance for him to play villain. Yeah, yeah. And then number one's got to be Departed. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing with DiCaprio movies is it's not like he's a really good performer. Um, he's a really good actor, but he picks 
Like, even if you don't like him, he picks phenomenal movies to be in. Yeah. Like, seriously, I mean, if you talk about his last, like, ten movies, there's not one in there that's like, oh, nobody likes that. Like, no one ever heard of that movie. It went straight to video. Like, he may, he's always a part. He picks really good movies. He sure. picks really good projects. Yeah, he does. And I like, feel like he puts 100% into him as well. Like, I, now I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, I'd probably take out Inception. I'd probably throw Wolf of Wall Street in yeah. there. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's really good in that, He's yeah. awesome with Wall oh, yeah. Street. But then again, he's really good in Revenant. I still haven't seen Revenant. And I feel like the Oscar, in like, it might not be his best role, and I feel like the Oscar was just kind of like, they kind of handed it to him. It was like a, they deserved. the sympathy Oscar. Like the way Scorsese got it for Departed. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't gotten it for Goodfellas, which is like, should have swept. Oh, like yeah. Year, or you know? Raging Bull. Yeah. Or Taxi Driver. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's, he just picks great movies, and it's always cool to see what he's going to be in next. I think also part of the reason is that he's teamed up with Scorsese most of the time in the, like the last, basically from Gangster New York till now. Was yeah. that, but this is their last movie, wasn't it? No, no. Wolf of Wall Street was. Yeah. Oh, I, I always heard that was Scorsese. Yeah. And okay. then before that was Shutter Island, and yeah. then... It was uh, then it was Departed. Gangs, Departed, Shutter Island, Wolf of Wall Street. Aviators in between oh, Gangs yeah. and Departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So there's like five, right? Yeah. But this, I feel like with this movie, though, this one, like, obviously Titanic put him on the map. Sure. But this, I feel like Departed really changed the game for him as far as what he could do and what kind of roles he would pick. And it really put him on everybody's radar. Gangs. I want to say that was Growing Pains. Is what oh, oh, okay. Put not, him on the map. Not Critters 3? Not Critters 3, no. <laughs> I was going to say, we grew up with him. I grew up with him on Growing Pains. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was him until, like, later on in the future when the internet was a thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, And that was oh. the first thing he looked up on the internet. Yeah, it was like, He, he plugged go? in his prodigy, and he's like, and he was oh, like, there, he, he turned on uh, Firestarter. <laughs> Wait, what? He said prodigy. And I was like, oh, is his prodigy oh. mixed in? <laughs> I am Firestarter. And he was like... <laughs> I, it was, no, it was, it was actually my Netscape skate page. It was, uh, did you guys know that Leo was on Growing Pains? Oh, wow. And <laughs> I only got, I only got com. yeah, if you <laughs> look me up now, I only got two views since, uh, I don't know, 16 years ago. Oh, but. wow, yeah. Look at that counter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably list three, my, my number three as Inception, my number two as Wolf of Wall Street, my number one as Departed. Oh, okay. So, so, okay, so why, um... Why Leo? Why Leo? Why <laughs> now? Profile this episode. <laughs> why, why Leo? It's just so hot right now, man. It's so hot. <laughs> but yeah, that's my three. Okay. I would say, if I had to pick my three, if I had to, like, three. You have to. You have to. I would say three would be Aviator. Okay. I'd say two would be Gilbert Grape. And I would say one would be Inception. Oh, wow. Really? Okay, so why... Okay, I Why took Inception off my list. Movies that we didn't pick. I took Inception off my list. Now, did you guys pick Inception because you like you like that movie? That's one of my favorite movies. Or of all time. did you pick it because of his like performance is really good? Um, I think he's really. I mean, he's good in it, but as a whole, that movie's perfect. So for, I, think, I think that movie. I like that movie a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I think that movie has major flaws. Oh yeah, for I sure. remember. I remember like was pissed the first time I watched it. I mean, that brought this up on the podcast. I mean, it's just the Christopher Nolan editing style, which is yeah. super jarring. Too much information confusing. and no information. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's I like think his style. For me, Inception was cool. Like, seeing him in Inception because it's like the first time you've really seen him in like a science fiction yeah. type movie. Yeah. And seeing him kind of do that stuff is really interesting because it's so different than what, what he usually does, which is either like a high intense drama or like... And like action, I guess. Okay. Because like so, Blood Diamond is like an action movie. So then let's bring that up. You no, know I, I changed. I I watched Blood Diamond for this podcast. I think that'd probably be my number three. Replace Inception. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. I did. I. You know what? I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's uh Edward Zwick who did Last Samurai and Glory. Okay. But it takes place. He does like a South African. He, it takes place in the nineties, doesn't it? Or the eighties? It's like yeah, I think it's like late nineties, maybe. Yeah, it has uh, a timestamp on that, I think. Yeah, um, but he is a South African mercenary in that movie, and he does an accent the entire time. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so then we should seg- that, segue that into the next question. Well, actually, I want to talk about... I do want to segue into that, but... Because um, I, I, the only reason I picked Aviator... Yeah, I why Aviator? A- I like Aviator. I, I, it can be kind of slow, but watching him... Like descent into madness. Pretty much, he does such a great job in that. See, and I think that movie missed the buck. I mean, like, like okay, I'm gonna go on record and say Scorsese is my favorite director ever. Um, 
And why'd you look at me like shocker? Shocker, right? <laughs> if you didn't know this, uh, I've been a fan of his movies since I was like 13 years old. When we rented, I think me, me and Chris rented Taxi Driver, and that was the first movie I saw his. I think the next movie I saw was Mean Streets, and I like Mean Streets. But I've seen all of his stuff, and um, and like I remember going. Aviator was the first one I got to see in theaters. And I remember being okay. I remember being kind of slightly slow. Definitely pretty slow. But I know, like, the whole focus was to take away from the crazy Howard Hughes and focus on, like, the glorified version of Howard Hughes. Okay. Um, but I kind of feel, I feel like the movie kind of missed the buck by not showing all those urban legends we always heard about with Howard Hughes. You're talking, oh, okay. I, I kind of wish I mean? they had the... With, like, the shoebox shoes. Did you I... ever hear... Or the tissue box shoes. Did you ever hear about that? No. He, like, had his feet in, like... Uh, Tissue boxes. He, like, tiptoeing around the room or something? And I know. He just walked around the room oh. like that. He, like... It was, like, a hotel in, uh... I think it's hot. And it was a hotel in, like, Vegas, I think he, okay. like, locked himself in. Yeah. And, like, his nails grew really, really long. Oh and his hair God. grew long. And, like, he had, like, jars of, like, piss everywhere. And... I think a total... Like, he, oh, they, they hint at it in that movie a little bit. But, like... And it, so here's a kind of a cool thing. Chris Nolan wanted to make, um... A movie on Howard Hughes... And he wanted to make a, make a movie about that arc in his life. But he actually had a script for it, and he shelved it because he found out Scorsese was coming out with The Aviator. Oh, okay. So he's like, I don't want to have two Howard Hughes movies. So he, he shelved it. With me, I think it would be awesome to see one day, since he's also worked with Leo, is if he did like, you know, kind of like an invisible sequel to Aviator and did that second half oh, wow. of Howard Hughes' life with Leo... If Nolan did that, That'd be if Chris cool. Nolan did yeah. that, wouldn't that be kind of cool to see like those two like because it basically be the same actor, same yeah. character, and two hotshot directors like telling two different stories. Well, see, at like, that point, which I, I think it's an awesome idea. I mean, obviously, it probably won't happen, but that would be so cool, wouldn't it? But um, I remember when uh, Aviator came out, Jim Carrey is supposed to do a Howard Hughes movie. That would have been really good. That would have been really interesting to see. Huh. You know, there's a Jim Carrey. Okay, we're off topic here, but Jim Carrey was supposed to do a movie with Tim Burton. I've been waiting to see forever. It's not happening. And it's, it's not happening, but it was going to be uh, Ripley, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was going to be about Ripley. Okay. And uh, and Jim Carrey was going to play him in, in like, Tim Burton yeah, directing. I, I was like, man, that would have been a fun movie. Oh, it would have been awesome. I wish he would go back to his, like, weird yeah. dramas or whatever. That would have been a cool movie to see. Okay, so... And then I was going to say Gilbert Great because I think he was only... He had to be, like, 15, 16. Probably, yeah. And he kills it. I yeah. mean, it, it blows my mind. You got nominated for an Oscar. Was he up for an Oscar for that? Okay. Yeah, it's absolutely... I mean, I mean he's been up for quite a few Oscars, hasn't he? Is it? that after A Boy's Life or before A Boy's Life? It might have been around... I think Boy's Life was maybe after. Okay. You guys have seen... Um, I do want to bring up... Um, Basketball um, Diaries? Yeah. Yeah, Basketball Diaries is good. Is it? It is? Okay. Okay, that movie... Like, I, I was, like, genuinely confused because... That movie uses a 90s music soundtrack okay. for a movie that takes place in the 60s. Okay. It's so, very, so very it's kind of like a, a modern... It's like a, a Knight's Tale. But I know. didn't know it. Like, I didn't know it was in yeah, the 60s until... Oh, man. Okay. So now we're talking about 60s. I'm going to take one of the movies off my list. It'll probably be Django. Okay. And I'm totally going to replace it with Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I was man, waiting for that. I love that fucking movie. I was kind of surprised that you didn't listen to that. Yeah, I am surprised I forgot about it. Yeah. But Catch Me If You Can, he is awesome in that I movie. I should probably revisit that movie, because oh, I, I enjoyed it very thoroughly when I saw it in theaters, but it's, I haven't seen it since. I like it when I'm older. Like, as I'm older, like, yeah. it's so much more enjoyable. Sure. And it's like... He's... You know, the fact that we have to keep changing our lists shows what a good actor he is. I'm yeah. not changing my list. You're okay. Then whatever, and he picks dude. awesome movies. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't think of a movie about, I've seen him in that's bad. What about The Quick and the Dead? Quick and the Dead's good. It's yeah. a goofy movie, but not not the Disney or animation. But <laughs> it's a goofy movie. Um, did you ever see uh, Revolutionary Road with him no. and Kate Winslet? I heard that was. I heard it was. A, it was. It was very gray. Slow. It burn. is. It's not. It's good, but it's definitely you got to be in the mood to watch it. It's yeah. Not, not I kind of like that movie. Romeo and Juliet. I was gonna say that's the one movie I don't like him in. Really? Really? I I want to get I want to get behind but... the whole. We'll stay the lines exactly the way are in the book, but it's that's modernized. I couldn't get into it. It's Boz yeah. Lerman who did uh, Great Gatsby. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it's that. It's like the high, high stylized kind of like movie, I guess. I don't know. Okay, here's a question for have, have you guys seen Titanic 
since yes. it came out. Oh, there's more to this? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen Titanic since it came out. I don't know anybody else who's seen Titanic since it came out. Like, talk about one of the biggest movies ever I never see played on TV. Yeah. I've never... Yeah, like, actually a pretty good movie. I feel like it used to on TNT. But they never drama, play it. But... Like, they play Sound of Music every year, Sorry. but I'm like, you don't think they'll ever play, like, Titanic? Like... That movie was, like, on par, like... I think probably because it's hard to throw on a block, because if you throw it on, like, TNT... Characters welcome. Or <laughs> USA... Characters welcome. <laughs> and you're going to have to take up, like, a four-and-a-half-hour Yeah, block. people... They do it, though. People they, have to watch basketball on TNT, so... You hell, can't really interrupt that. A- ABC or NBC puts on the Ten Commandments every year. Oh, my God. And that movie's, <laughs> like... like, 15 hours long. It's, like, five hours long because of commercial breaks. Jesus. That's what Titanic yeah. would be, yeah. Yes, yeah, Moses. They put both those on every year. I don't know who's at... Who's, who's over at ABC or NBC. They're like, hey, guys, I know we've changed a lot of things, but we got to make sure we keep re-airing the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Like whoever's still alive that likes whoever still alive and wants to sit for five hours to watch this movie. Yeah, seriously, dude. Yeah. Clearly, someone's watching it. Sound of Music is I can understand that, but Ten Commandments. I don't know anybody who watches that movie every year. That's like even our age, like who watches know. five hours worth of that movie on uh, network TV. I kind of want to watch it now, just every year, just to spite you. Just be like I watch it every year. I watch it every every year. <laughs> All right, a um, little bit of a segue. Now, Leo sometimes gets criticized for playing Leo in some movies. Okay. I, I disagree. I think he's got a great range. Yeah. Um, but what would you like to see Leo do that he hasn't done yet? I feel like with Wolf of Wall Street, he started to go into like some comedic elements. Yeah. Yeah. And he was great in it. Mm-hmm. And then you got your sci-fi like action hero star. Sure. Um, I would like to kind of see maybe in a horror movie. That's mine. Or a thrill. Well, I guess Shutter Island's kind of a thriller. I would like yeah. to see him do something like a seven, like a psychological like thriller, or you know, not like not like Shutter Island, but like yeah. whether it's like a cop chasing a serial killer type deal. All right, so kind of like kind of like your Zodiac. Yeah. Can I do like my my rumor has it? Oh. Rumor has rumor it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it that Leonardo DiCaprio bought the rights to oh, yeah. a book. Devil in the White City. Oh yes. man! And he bought it. He bought the rights for that, so he could play the character, the serial killer H. H. Holmes, because he was originally slated to play Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, and for I some reason, I don't think he he didn't take it, or the studios didn't choose him. There was a reason why he wasn't in that, but that that was originally been, um, that was originally his role. Yeah, but for some reason, he wasn't in it. So because he's bought the rights to this book, The Devil in the White City. Which is about the Chicago World's Fair in um, in sequence with H.H. Uh, Holmes' yeah. serial killer. He wants to play H.H. Holmes, and he wants Martin Scorsese to direct Holy it. Holy crap! So if they those two do it. Oh, it's game changer! Oh my god, it would be monumental because it'd be Scorsese's first horror film. Yeah, straight up since Cave Fear. Yeah, in a way, like, yeah. but it would be like I feel like since Shutter Island. It'd be if you know if you know anything about H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. It's like it's dark. I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and plug a podcast called Sword and Scale. It's a true crime podcast. Heard of it? Where they talk about there's a two parter on H H Holmes, and if you are interested in the topic, you should check it out because I'll give you some insight on what he's all about. Yeah, basically okay. America's first um, serial killer. Yeah, what he's kind of like considered. He well, he murdered uh, on record 30 people, but he might have murdered over 200 people. Yeah, he like, basically created a murder house like a hotel yeah basically a hotel where you invite guests and just murder murder them and then yeah he'd, the bodies. he'd gas them and then it's drop their like bodies your, um, in the basement and kill them american horror story hotel is kind of like that's what i was gonna think yeah, of based on that yeah um, um but i you know if there's an architect in the in the book too and if they got robert de niro to play the architect oh. and they had robert de niro leonardo dicaprio martin scorsese on a serial killer movie i'd be like dude all of them could just die right there. And like, that would be like the perfect movie to go yeah, out on. And yeah. like, all right, there you guys go. Dude, like, the smile on Matt's face, by the way, as he was describing his dream movie. That, I was... mean, because it would be so epic. I mean, yeah. to see Leo go off. Because like Leo first, I mean, we talked about A Boy's Life. But Leo was a kid when he starred in A Boy's Life with Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. that movie is terrifying. Yeah, and since both of them are like Scorsese's like... Boys. Boys. Yeah. It'd be cool to see both those two go off, like then, go against each other. So it's like your heat where it's like Al Pacino, Robert De Niro kind of meeting, you know, again or whatever. Yeah. 
And then vice versa, Leo's playing a bad guy, and Robert De Niro's playing kind of like a protagonist. A like bit. Mad Dog and Glory. Ooh. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. I, I kind of seen... have the same thing with like um, Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel. Like, I want to see I that. I say Jason like... Voorhees. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd. Like, <laughs> he took down Michael Myers. Now see him take down Jason Voorhees. <laughs> actually, I'm behind that. That's actually, that's, that's a pretty that's, cool that's idea. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Same character. If it's, yeah. if it's Paul Rudd, same character. We have the six. best ideas in this podcast. <laughs> um, there was another thing that Leo was attached to was to produce uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, really? I did not know. Yeah, that. but this was a couple years, years back. So yeah. this—it's like if you haven't heard heard any more news, it's probably dead in the water. Yeah, I, he's different because like I don't know what his it, interests are besides global warming and walks on the beach and walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, I don't know what his like like his he name. vapes. I know he vapes. Does he really? Yeah. Hangs I don't know what his models. like his goals are. Yeah, he hangs out with a lot of supermodels. Yeah. So that's another. I know he plays pranks on Jonah Hill. I saw that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that me. There's that gif that's him like running. You seen it? Yeah. <laughs> pretending he's the biggest fan or whatever. <laughs> I love it. But um, yeah, I do want to. I would like to see some more comedy elements because after seeing him in Wolf of Wall Street, I feel like he's got the chops for it. It has to yeah. be the right kind of. It can't be like your neighbors or whatever. That kind of like. I actually kind of want to see that. I would totally. Watch I was it. just thinking that. You I was gave like, me. I want to see him with like Jonah Hill again, but with from? like Jonah Hill's like brat pack. Oh my god! Where it's like all those guys, and then like Leo plays like a stoner or something. <laughs> like I think that'd be awesome. You know what you do? Neighbors three. Zach Efron's brother is DiCaprio. Oh wow. Oh my god! Have, <laughs> they just let him go, man. Just let him. Just go. let let those two go. <laughs> like, un, you know, like unchained. Be like, go do your thing. Django unchained. <laughs> yep, Django unchained. Go do your thing, man. <laughs> but uh, I think that's pretty much gonna wrap up our uh, profile on Leo. Uh, next week is Matt's pick. Matt, what do you got? Okay, so my pick for next week is we're gonna cover John Hughes movies, Ooh. and we're gonna watch Weird Science. Weird Let's do it. Science. The very popular Weird Science film. Uh, it's spun say... off. There is a TV spinoff show, very popular, very popular on, on USA. Characters welcome. Very popular song by Oingo Boingo. Ooh, and weird. In the Knights of Columbus, right? Wait, what? Isn't it Oingo Boingo in the Knights of Columbus? No, it's what? just Oingo. Boingo. No, it's called it's called Oingo Boingo in the Knights of something. I heard what it, what it is. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't know. And that. they went by Oingo Boingo. So join us next True week. <laughs> uh, join us next week for Matt's pick, John Hughes profile, and we'll watch Weird Science. I do want to take the time to tell the listeners about a special project we have coming up. Are we? Can we do this? Yes. Actually, yeah. Let's do this. Let's get them. All right. Um, so we're going to be doing double duty on podcast. Double duty. And double duty. Can that's you why... smell it? It's double duty. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we've been a little slow on episodes lately, is because we've been trying to figure out a new uh, route to go. And basically, what we're going to do is we're going to do an all horror movie podcast. And we're going to do that combined with Cinema Cult. Uh, we just won't do as many episodes as normal for Cinema Cult, but our main focus will be on uh, this untitled at the moment horror movie podcast. It's because we have a lot of fun covering the horror movies on here, and if we and we've had a lot of talks and sometimes arguments about doing more horror movies and trying not to do as much horror movies and all of that. So it's like finally we're kind of just doing our own horror movie podcast. It'll probably be a little bit different than Cinemacold, right? Uh, there'll yes. be a little bit of a different format. You're going to get the same three great guys, uh-huh. same great humor. Uh-huh. You're going to get the same three great guys uh-huh. and the same great humor. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And the sum- we, should call it, we should call it three great guys in a podcast. <laughs> they cover horror films. Yeah, they, they cover horror, horror films. <laughs> they think it's just like a, a, a podcast specifically around the movie, Three Men and a Little Baby. No, everybody oh, will yeah. think that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. So we're going to launch that here um, coming up in the summer. Like I said, we'll still do Cinema Cult. We'll probably do an episode maybe to a month. That way we don't have to strictly stick to horror all the time. But, um, yeah, that's going to be our, our new thing. So we're going to have two different shows coming at you. So look forward to that in the future. That's right. But, uh, as always, if you can, in the meantime, please rate and review us on SoundCloud. You can't do it on SoundCloud. That doesn't no, make any sense. I think you can actually review it on Facebook now. Oh, can you? Yeah. That would be awesome. On Facebook, iTunes... Um, or Yelp? sort of like... Can you do Yelp? Uh, no, because we're not like a food podcast. I know, I was just joking. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we're not a I'm food to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, tell your friends about us. Uh, we are taking requests. We have gotten some requests in. Um, some have been horror movie related, and we are going to put those on hold just until we start the horror movie podcast. Yeah. That way we can launch off with some listener requests. Launch off. Launch off. 
Um, but as always, we thank you so much for listening, and we will return next time. And as always, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. We'll see you next time. Do. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. Say <laughs> like three, two, one, go. <laughs> we like we start suffocating, so we got the air out of the room. Like, um, okay, three, two, one, three, two, one, go. <laughs> you keep doing it like that. I mean, I've never heard you say three, two, one. Do you always do it that way? Yeah, I do. I think I guess I. I, I do it slow, <laughs> so you can see the markers and you edit. But you're, you're like, gonna laugh. Your three, two, one, go. When you go back and rehear this, because like you, you like inhale, like. Three, two, one, go! <laughs> Guys, stop making fun of me. This is how I do it, okay? All right, guys, ready, ready? Three, two, one, go! <laughs> Dude, I have a condition. You're, why are you making fun of me? <laughs> Three, two, one, go! <laughs> hey, guys, calm down. Stop that funny. Three, two, one. <laughs> all right, all right, you're in for real. All right, three, two, one. <gasps>